Ew, you know what? I'm going to pack socks this time. Has it been a long week? Do you need a break? Are you stressed? Stuck in your job? Maybe you need an escape. I'm Tatiana Abaro. And I'm Ezekiel Kajakai. And this is Escape Break, where we discuss all things escape rooms in Southern California. The good. The bad. The funny. And don't forget the awkward. Trust me, I wish I could. This show is just on the horizon. Get ready to sit back, relax, stop working, and take a break with us. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Escape Break. I'm here with Tatiana, and today we're going to talk about puzzles, puzzles, and more puzzles. Puzzles! This is a puzzle-centric episode, thanks to a couple listeners that reached out to me and said, hey, can you do an episode about puzzles? So we're not going to necessarily be doing puzzles in this show. We're going to be talking about the different puzzles that you can find in rooms, the different styles, and maybe some controversial takes that I have about escape rooms. But first, if you listened to last episode, you may have heard that Tatiana played the infamous 40 Thieves at Mind Trap, and we never got to talk about it on the last show. (laughs) So we're going to pick up where we left off. Tati, the last escape room you played was 40 Thieves. I'm going to hand it over to you. Tell us a little bit about this game. Should people be playing this game? Oh, yeah. And I think I was just late to the party, but (laughs) (laughs) everyone seemed to have already played it before me. But if you haven't, it's at Mind Trap at Third Specular Location. Mm -hmm. And I think Aladdin theme, like you're in a bazaar and then takes you to alleyways and and then I'll once you play you can figure it out but my favorite part was the first room actually the very beginning I thought was very creative it's before the actual game really mm-hmm. that was my favorite part because I had not seen anything like that it was very interactive and a really cool way to start a room so even though it's not puzzle related we all know I love sets and that's part of the set and that's just gets you in the theme right away. So, Absolutely. Yes. And I enjoyed playing the games. And like I've mentioned before, I take my family and it's a family affair. And I think it's awesome just seeing them solve the puzzles, even without me. They're so awesome now, like seeing their growth. I used to hold their hand through each puzzle and now they're solving things without me. And it's it's wonderful to see. How would you feel if one day you came home visiting for the holidays? Stop it. I know where you're going with this. Don't. I'm going to keep going. And they were like, hey, Tati, we played an escape room without you. How would you feel? One, what did you do with my family? (laughs) Two, which room did you play? And then obviously I would go play it immediately. Yes. yes. (laughs) It's always hard. I mean, I see it, you know, you and I being the moderators of the SoCal group, which has over 4,000 people in it. We see it all the time. People are looking for people to play with. And to a certain extent, escape room groups can be a little clicky. You find the teams you want to play with, and then you just play every single room that's ever existed with them. But there is a time where you have to say, you know what? I'm going to play this room regardless of who's around. And I mean, 
maybe by geographical force, you and I have had to do that too. Sad face, yes. <laughs> yes, if we could play every room together, hands down, we probably would. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So by the time you listen to this episode, I will be up north visiting you. Yes! And we're going to be playing Palace Games. Yes! So we're going to get another big hitter out of the way. We'll probably talk about it when we come back. But a lot of big things happening in August for all of us. Our other co-host, Beth, will be in Boston towards the end of the month at the, uh, I think it's an escape room convention called Recon. She's going with her company. She works for an escape room now. That's going to be out in Chicago. So if you see her, you can say hi and make sure you tell her how you know her from this show and it'll make her all shy. And we're going to have a good time. Absolutely. I'm so excited. One, because you're coming to see me. Yeah. Hello. And then two, because we're finally going to play the infamous palace games and we're going to play the three first games that they had. So yeah, um, we're actually going to play them in the order that they were built because that's what was recommended. It's what a good historian would do. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I'm glad you had a good time at Mind Trap. I enjoyed that. That is a very puzzle heavy game, but I'm about to say something that you might not like. As I was preparing for this topic, I realized that escape rooms, puzzle rooms, as some people might call them, do not have that many puzzles in them. That is my hot take right now. Escape rooms are going downhill in how many puzzles are involved. That is what I'm about to say, and I'm going to prove it today on the show. Oh, gosh. I hope we still have listeners after this. (laughs) Okay, so hopefully I can do the long con and kind of slowly reveal what I'm trying to say with impact. But... When I was looking at all the types of puzzles, basically Tati and I made a list of all the different types of puzzles that you could find in an escape room. And I started to think, oh my gosh, when you think of puzzle, like if you tell someone who's never done an escape room puzzle, what do they think? Jigsaw puzzle, right? They think putting together pieces and you really don't find that in escape rooms too often. You can, but then when I think of puzzles, you start thinking of like Wordle and crosswords and Sudokus and all those things that you can do that are essentially one player games that you play when you're bored on a trip or you're old and you start doing these things to keep your brain fresh, uh, which you totally should do. But you also even don't. Even when you're not old. Even when you're not old. Those are three separate categories. It wasn't <laughs> and you're old. It's or you're old to keep your brain fresh. But Those types of puzzles, you're not going to find in escape rooms too often either. Have you ever found a Sudoku in an escape room? Yes! (laughs) And it's in one of the most recommended rooms. Yeah. I don't don't know if we want to spoil it and say... We can can drop the company name, I guess. Quest Room. Yes. So we won't get into too many details of where you're going to find these puzzles. Maybe like a company here or there but just in general and of course your opinion is your own finding a sudoku in a room finding a crossword puzzle a word search in a room you're usually not going to find that and if you do it usually just takes you way out of theme right like what adventure in someone's imagination involves 
a giant Sudoku puzzle <laughs> at Heaven's <laughs> Gates. And to get through these gates to heaven, you must put all the numbers in order and they can only be one in each row in each column. <laughs> right? Like who's yeah, imagine, yeah, yeah. No, whose imagination so... <laughs> has that stuff? But anyways, so thinking of all these comical scenarios where you're either hardcore puzzle heavy and immersion breaks or you lack puzzles and you're immersion heavy, I came up with this idea that, hey, maybe escape rooms really should never be called puzzle rooms. Hmm. And we're going to talk about it today. It's just my opinion. Initially, what do you think, Tati? I think I see where you're going with this. I see it differently, but let's have the conversation. Let's go through each puzzle type. We can kind of break it down and deem whether or not it is a puzzle. Because I know some of the puzzles that, quote unquote, puzzles that I put down on our list, I don't know if they're actually puzzles. (laughs) They're more just tasks. Exactly. Exactly. So to dissect this a little bit more, I also thought of, hey, in an escape room, your puzzles can lead to one of three things. And that could be a set of numbers. It could be an item such as a key, or it could be an event. And I couldn't think of any other things that could actually happen in a room that a puzzle could lead to. Just those three things, numbers, items, including keys, or an event such as like a door opening opening. or a character entering the room or somebody getting abducted, (laughs) right? That's an okay, event. I would never solve that puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I said, okay, well, let's put them into maybe like tough categories, moderate categories, and easy categories. And the easiest category in my mind is observation and okay. observation for a number reveal, or maybe observation to see, oh, hey, there's a key stuck in the ceiling. Like we need to put together some sort of umbrella to get it out of the ceiling. Then I soon said, okay, wait, we can't do this. We can't say easy, moderate, hard, because it all depends on how you reveal that number and that key. And you could do it in a really cool way, or you could do it in a really lame way. But not only that, but it could be how you play rooms, right? mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. could have that person that has a knack for looking at the most random things. And then they're like, oh, did you guys see this number? But the player beside them who doesn't play that way doesn't see it. So it's not necessarily easy or hard. Right. It's just, how do you play? True, true. I mean, can you think of any room where maybe just a blatant number was in your face and you didn't see it just quite yet, but then it dawned on you and it was actually kind of fun and in theme? Hmm. That one, not, nothing at the top of my head. Yeah. That would, that would take a little bit. So... For me, what I can think of, and this is probably more so with early rooms, is there used to be number reveals that were, I don't know if you want to call it a cipher, which is another category we can talk about, but is essentially numbers that were mirrored and melded together so it looked like symbols, mm. right? Like, let's like, say so you take a, a three and you put them back to back and it kind of looks like this weird butterfly without its wings thing. And then you take a two and you put it like back to back and it looks like a heart with a little extended bottom. And that's actually a code that says 32, right? You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like when I first saw those, I was like, oh, that's super cool. Like, you know, a little bit of a thinker there. But again, that is very hard to keep in theme. And those are one of those puzzles that as soon as you do it once, you're going to lock into it the next time you see it. And your friends are going to think you're a genius. (laughs) (laughs) I actually 
have an example of that. So I was in a room, it was in Southern California and at the end we were running out of time and they were all pretty new, probably like three rooms under their belt. And we were in this last room and they had a mirror. There was another mirror on the wall and there happened to be a painting at a certain angle from that mirror. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're all trying to figure out not using the handheld mirror. Can't figure it out. Right. Tati, come in the room. Come look at this. They give me the handheld mirror. I see the mirror. I'm like, okay, look here, then look there. And that should reveal something. Yeah. Sure enough, once you did the reflection in the right way, then you could read out the number code that you needed. And then that unlocked us to get out of the final door. And they were like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. And I was like, thank you. However, this is something that I've seen before, but with time, you guys will understand how rooms use that kind of Mm -hmm. skill. And I don't think that's common knowledge. So yeah, like to your point, I'm going to look like a freaking genius, but I know in my heart of hearts, I'm not. (laughs) Well, you mentioned, you mentioned something that was a category you put into the puzzle brainstorm, if you will, which is sensory puzzles. And to add on to that, it's it can be like isolating a sense or even eliminating a sense. And so if your vision is impaired through something that has to be seen through mirrors, or maybe you need, you know, certain red colored glasses to see it, you start layering your puzzle to make the number reveal, which is so simple into something more complex and maybe a little bit more fun. So you really have to take this all into account when building a puzzle. I think the hardest thing that came to mind right now is, we're so veteran in this that a puzzle like that you could get in an instant, but you take a beginner group, maybe the beginner groups we're talking about from last episode, and it might take them five to seven to 10 minutes even. And you're trying to say, is there enough in this game for people to do? Well, it's, it's so, you know, subjective based upon mm-hmm. who's playing. Yeah. And that's why I really appreciate rooms that have different levels. Like how I said, uh, the black and white cafe has different levels mm-hmm. because they're catering to all sorts of experienced players and in the same room right and that means pretty much everyone's gonna have a good time right 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 now in other puzzles let's talk about one i alluded to a little bit earlier which is ciphers and codes how do you feel about ciphers and codes oh man are you talking about the traditional tic-tac-toe thing where (laughs) it's like a, B, C, D, E, or one, two, three. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's so many of them, right? You well, that, have. That's the first one that comes to my mind. Okay. Which. It, there's a name for that too. I, I think, don't know what it's called. I think it's like a military code. Oh, is it? I, I think, I honestly think it is. I don't know the exact name, but what you're referring to is it's like a hash grid, like a tic-tac-toe, like you said. Yes. And then there's another one, which is uh, an X. Mm-hmm. And then some of them have like dots in the center of them and some of them don't. And it, it accounts for all 26 letters of the alphabet. Correct. And so yes. you start seeing these symbols in different places of the room and you have to, you have to, you know, do it. Yeah. So pretty much it gives you a sentence, but only in these certain shapes. Mm-hmm. So you have to correlate the letters that match that shape. Right. So stuff like that, not a huge fan of one thing that I have seen that I kind of like is more of like an Egyptian theme when the letters match a certain, I would say like Egyptian shape or design. Yes. Hieroglyph 
Well, I don't know if they're actually hieroglyphics. That's why I didn't ah, go with that term. Mock hieroglyphics. Yes. <laughs> so I I kind of like that when it's in theme, when they're trying to do the puzzle in theme. I appreciate that. Yeah. We just did one in Louisiana that wasn't that great that used the <laughs> tic-tac-toe with the X and it was not in theme at all. We knew exactly from the get-go what we were looking for. The funniest part was we actually didn't even have the code. Kai knew it from the top of his head and said, <laughs> let me just do this real quick. Found a piece of paper, put it out himself. We were almost done with it. And the game master goes, flip over the cushions. And the cushions on the bottom had the grid so it's like as people that are experienced mm -hmm. we know what to look for we already know what it is and yeah. we could do it without it then it's so many times it's branded <laughs> in my brain i can't believe you forgot about that it wasn't the most memorable room but i know but that was still impressive you gotta say thank you thank you but i mean you said it right there to write a story and logically in that story that somebody put the key to the cipher on the back of the couch cushions, it breaks immersion. Like there, <laughs> there's no story where that would be true. Like if there really is a killer or some mastermind, they would not leave a trail to what they're trying to do. Right. Like a real killer. I don't know. A real killer would try to be <laughs> as incognito as possible. And you would be stuck in that first room for 60 minutes and have no clue who did it and no way out because they don't want to get caught. <laughs> so you do have to let up a little bit on like the reality of an escape room in some scenarios. But I would say in, in the first topic, number reveals, number reveals can be absolutely fun. If you layer them, if you put them in the immersion, right, they can be fun. Ciphers. I, I just want to say down with ciphers. Okay. I, I don't think ciphers are fun. I think it's a great way to get people to just suck up time which isn't mm. fun like i've seen rooms with crazy ciphers and whether it's an alpha cipher a caesar cipher or whatever shift or that whatever we called it military cipher i'm going to call it it's just not fun and usually it's not fun because the message revealed is something random that doesn't make sense or doesn't really help you too much in the game or the worst thing is it's something you already know Mm, yes okay so let me ask is it when it doesn't fit the theme or just period i i think when it doesn't fit the theme which is often it's okay. it's very hard to get a cipher to fit the theme and have it make sense and it's also very hard to have a cipher be useful in a game especially with so many experienced players like let's say the cypher said look under the rug and you already look under the rug you mm -hmm. just wasted however many minutes deciphering to look under the rug and they're like oh man i finally saw something and freaking tati did it already because she's so smart <laughs> right <laughs> sorry <laughs> so personally I, I don't think cyphers is the way to go yeah. when building building a room i mean if it fits in, it sounds to me like one it has to fit the theme which mm -hmm. is kind of our criteria with everything mm -hmm. but two if you're going to do it have it have a lot of meaning to the game mm -hmm. and to progress the game mm -hmm. further is what i'm is what i'm hearing so if you're going to do it 
those are the two things yeah that you would like to see i would like to and see i would that. i would agree with you on that yeah thanks <laughs> i would also like to see it stray from alphabet or even numbers okay. like what if the cipher led to actions or animals and that was part of something else like you have hmm. to take it somewhere different in the game and specifically let's stick on actions because another one of our categories was uh, physical puzzles or dexterity puzzles now with all puzzles they can be easy super lame and too difficult or in that sweet spot i think dexterity puzzles can be a lot of fun but it just depends what it is i mean if it's super super hard like you have to use chopsticks and take a grain of rice and throw it across the room and your friend has to catch it with chopsticks that's not fun i mean maybe it's fun the first couple throws but then when you realize hey we can't do this yeah a, a classic one is a magnet and you have to like move it through the walls or through a pipe or something that's one of the first dexterity physical puzzles you're going to see in an escape room like when they first started out do you have any others that come to mind that are kind of classic? Yeah, no, you pretty much nailed it on the head. The only other thing I can think of is like when you have one of those mazes that have the holes in it Yeah. and you're trying not to get the ball in the holes, mm -hmm. something like that, if that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've seen those. What about uh, fishing? I think that's pretty classic too, right? Like it's somewhere you can't reach and you have to drop something uh, down and like fish it out whether it's with a hook or again a magnet if you can do things like this again in theme those can be kind of fun mm -hmm. i think one of the coolest dexterity puzzles i've ever seen is in mad rapper when you get to the city there's this weird crazy interface where there's like a ball and it's not a one player thing which is nice and it's different the mechanics of it are different than what you normally see so there's actually a little bit of a learning curve mm -hmm. at least it was for my group when we oh, played it because i was like wait a second this is not working like a regular table what's happening <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool because you don't usually see that yeah yeah with dexterity puzzles you can often get into the really cool realm mm -hmm. but it has to be something that can be done at least with multiple people. A lot of times you're going to see dexterity puzzles, which are solo tasks, mm. and it's going to be fun for one person, but a lot of people are going to miss that effect. And so I, I really like the fact that some rooms try to make things uh, team workable and you have you can't do it alone because you don't want players like that on your team. They're like, oh, I just did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. And then you come back and like, wait, why? Why did you do mm -hmm. that? So right. how do you feel about the mazes that are visible on one side, but then they have to be directed by the person on the other side? I like that stuff because yeah. we're, we're starting to layer. And as we made our list, I realized you could almost pick and choose two to three things from our list and combine it all into one type of puzzle. So we're picking dexterity, we're picking removal of sensory, and we're picking a category that's known as uh, teamwork, okay. really. Like you need... Mm -hmm somebody so my vision is taken away but i'm also the person moving the object but you are now the eyes and so you have to communicate to me i think that's great mm -hmm. again can you put that into theme so it's not just a random maze that you found on a wall yes. that just stuck into your room that's about aliens mm -hmm. right you know why would the person do that anyways i think that's where it gets super hard as a puzzle and story writer to have that all work at the same time 
Okay. Do you like those puzzles or no? Yeah, I like them when it's not 500 steps to get to the exit. Yeah. Sometimes I think they're a little too lengthy. Mm -hmm. And then I realize after replaying the room, it's like, oh, that was because they wanted you to spend 15 minutes on that puzzle. Right. right. When maybe they could have narrowed it down to like five minutes or something. So I think within length and reason Mm -hmm. is the maze the best type of teamwork puzzle not necessarily i've seen better puzzles where you're really taking away something else and the other person has to communicate Mm -hmm. and it can get layered even further right Mm -hmm. so a maze is just the example we're talking about today i think a maze is very hard to incorporate uh, incorporate (laughs) into a game and make it realistic Mm -hmm. yeah definitely now we get into some of the puzzles that are definitely frowned upon okay. in rooms. And that is just straight math. And usually, <laughs> I think, okay, first of all, I love math. I think math is super cool and useful and valuable, and it makes you live longer. But math and escape rooms, you're, you're, why are you smiling? Because math is just all right. <laughs> I was so happy when I took my last math class in college. Woo. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> but math and escape rooms, while I think it's overly frowned upon, math shouldn't be in escape rooms because I think it's a cop-out. It's like, hey, I need a four-digit number. Let's put this random diary entry in the, the oh, Bard's boy. journal that says a whole bunch of random stuff and throughout it there's like numbers and all of a sudden you're doing like arithmetic and Mm. you get this four digit number it's not fun it's a one person activity and it's just so contained if you want to do math in your spare time this is something that you could do in a book and sit in your chair and knit and crochet and do math and do crossword puzzles and do sudokus which we stated at the start doesn't belong (laughs) right yes now where math becomes better is if you take math outside of high school and the really the barrier that i think a lot of people have a hard time getting over which is where is math going to be used in real life and that's within physics so let's say we're talking about this let's talk about the arena let's say in the arena there's some sort of activity where you have to like move giant objects and put them on a scale and you don't know which one weighs the most and blah, blah, blah. And you have to balance it out. You're now using math in an active physical way, in a visually stimulating way, because you're working with giant objects. And you also have the threat of getting shocked if you do it wrong. Right <laughs> now, this puzzle doesn't exist in the arena, but I'm, I'm trying to explain that you can take something that is usually boring, turn it into something bigger and grander and make it fun. Mm-hmm and get out of like the book puzzle realm. Mm-hmm. Does that makes yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think math should belong in escape rooms. And that's coming from the math lover. I agree. They're, I mean, I'm not the math lover and I agree. Yeah. I mean, we saw math in the collector. We saw algebra in the collector. Oh my gosh, yes. On Which, which I said was my least favorite puzzle because it was not in theme. It was not in theme. It was very hard to say. Especially the room that we were in. 
you're about to get killed and yeah. all of a sudden you have to do transitive property math. Yeah. Although very simple. So it was like containable. It, it missed the theme. I didn't mind it because it was a teamwork. There was a teamwork element to it, but layer upon layer, eventually it gets back to not the best choice to do here. And maybe in other places it could be. Mm-hmm. Now, an element of math is sequences. Do you like sequences? Not really, no. Okay, why? <laughs> why? Oh, goodness. Uh, because you're just trying to plug in a number. One. But a number that makes sense. It shouldn't just be trying to plug in a number. <sighs> okay, but the way I've seen it, it's like two, four, six, eight, you know, like something mm-hmm. like that. And you're just trying to plug it in. And I don't, the only times that I've really seen it where it kind of makes sense is like, laboratory mm-hmm. rooms but even then i don't know i think that's kind of a stretch <laughs> a saying okay I'm, I'm not a huge fan just like how i'm not a huge rhyme person okay what about what about patterns so forget numbers we're going visual sequences you're trying to figure out what should come next it's the same thing Unless you can fit into the theme. Okay. So you heard it here first. We're taking away ability of puzzles and escape rooms, right? For most people, not all people, they are not making that cup of tea for them, right? Down with numbers, down with ciphers, down with sequences, down with patterns, down with logic puzzles. What about logic puzzles? A logic puzzle meaning like, hey, we have, we're in a spooky room and there's all these creepy dolls and we have to sit them in the right chairs which doll goes where and why would you do this now this is beyond puzzle this gets more into tech but there are ways with tech where you can have different sensor ids on these dolls and they can match with the chair and when you put them all in the right place that triggers a door opening so there's like a purpose to this but how do you feel about logic puzzles because i think that kind of falls into the potentially tough realm of like mental challenges i like that better than sequences okay. and patterns i think if used in the right way i think it'd be really cool um i don't know just off the top of my head like let's stick with the lab mm-hmm. situation right like if you're or like a wizard thing if you're putting together a potion mm-hmm. and you have to put the correct potions in this certain in this certain order right right in order for it to be triggered properly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would be cool yeah the potions on the end cannot be next to purple and then there's other information that's like the purple potion must be next to a potion that makes the color green mm-hmm. like those kinds of things mm-hmm. so and you can have hard logic puzzles you can have very easy logic puzzles but again you're describing something in theme mm-hmm. okay so maybe logic puzzles here and there maybe People frown on logic puzzles, but it's not because they're not fun. It's because of this next controversial statement I'm about to Oh, no. Is that as we go through this list of puzzles, and I can just read them off in a moment, I'm going to say that people do not like being challenged, but they like winning. So people like doing rooms that, whether they're going to admit it or not, are inherently easy. And if they run into a room that has a hard puzzle, which is mentally challenging, they're probably going to complain and say, this wasn't fair. This shouldn't be in escape rooms. We lost because 
And then I'm not saying put calculus in rooms or anything like that, but there has to be a line. And I don't know where the line is of what's acceptable difficulty in rooms and what's beyond escape rooms, right? Because if we keep eliminating ciphers can't belong in rooms, math can't belong in rooms, et cetera, et cetera, then we get back to a category we haven't really talked about too much, which is task-based puzzles, mm -hmm. if you want to call them puzzles. Tati, tell us what task-based puzzles are. Yeah, so the, the best thing I can think of is you need to perform this potion and then this will give you this magical route that mm -hmm. you need to perform a ceremony of some sort that right. will then give you this and that essentially is just it's giving you one task and then you get some reward from it mm -hmm. and that's giving you something that you need for your next task yeah um, just the thing that I can really think of that comes off the top of my head is in New Orleans when we played Spellbound, mm -hmm. a lot of witchy stuff was happening and there were a lot of tasks that we had to perform in order to retrieve an item right. or to open a door of some sort. Right. So, and personally, I like those because most of the time they fit in with the theme. They're right. having you do things that, yeah, it makes sense mm -hmm. in the room that you're playing. Right. Right. And it, it could be something like there is a fire, a couple fireplaces out in the woods mm -hmm. and the character says quickly, so-and-so is coming. We have to make ourselves less noticeable, put out the fires. And you take these watering cans and you walk to each fire and pour out the water on the fire and the, and the fires go out. Mm -hmm. That triggers an event. That is a mm -hmm. task-based puzzle. There is no real puzzling moment to that of what are we supposed to do? Well, you were just told what to do, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's very logical what to do. And you mentioned you like those because they are fun. So should escape rooms be fun or should they be challenging? I think they should be fun. I think they should be fun. Because at the end of the day, I want to walk out and be happy that right. I just spent my money on a room where I felt like I was at whatever location or theme I was right. supposed to be enjoying. So That's what I want. Right. So... I think escape rooms are gravitating that way I already have, but continue to that. It's more of a production value entertainment. Like I'm going to see a show and I'm part of the show. Very, very few rooms now are mentally challenging. Wow. Let's go work our brain. Let's do an escape room. But maybe they used to be that way. Right. And maybe some still are. I, I know I played King's eye with Shad big enthusiast here and we actually lost King's Eye. We got extra time. It was just us two. Funny story is Shad just got his COVID vaccine that day and he didn't tell me. And so like midway through oh, the man. room, he goes, Kai, not feeling that good. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, I got my COVID booster. And I was like, when? And he's like, a couple hours ago. And I was like, why didn't you tell <laughs> no. me? And he's like, I thought I would be fine. So it started kicking in. He definitely helped out a lot, but there's a lot of puzzle puzzles in that room. So sh shout out to Mark Reyes, uh, who was actually one of the people who gave me the idea about this episode. And so we lost. He gave us enough time to actually finish the room. So I was happy and thankful for that. But initially, I was that person that 
you might think I'm bashing on. I was the person that was like, man, that room sucked because we lost. But then I slept on it. And then the next day I was like, wait, that room's kind of cool. There is a lot to do. And it's very mentally challenging. And it all made sense at the end of the day. And so I actually like that. But it's just, it's a different style. Mm -hmm. If you go into it thinking it's going to be this task-based, you know, fantasy world, you're going to be butthurt because you're going to have to think, you got to think outside the box. You got to do cool things you've never done in a room before that are physical, Mm -hmm. but it is very mentally challenging for a room. Yeah. So just at the top of my head, I've heard that room Mm -hmm. is very heavy puzzle. Excuse me. It's very puzzle. Puzzle heavy. The puzzles are fat. Puzzles (laughs) weigh a lot. I'm having issues. Yes. It's very puzzle heavy. (laughs) Uh, the bridge between mm-hmm, mm-hmm. puzzle heavy and the laboratory. Yeah. Those three, I know when I Which go to play them, I, do. yes, uh, my focus is like, we're getting through this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. no gazing at kind of like how I felt for the tomb of Anubis. We yeah. knew that that was the hardest one with the most challenging puzzles. Right. And that was our mindset going in is, don't F around. Let's get this shit done yeah. and escape. So yeah. knowing that that's going to be my mindset whenever I go to play those. If I feel like I'm at a good pace, I'll like chill for a second, <laughs> but I'm going to be balls to the wall Stress, as sweating. soon as I get into those rooms. Yeah. Mad dog and your friends too. If they're just like chilling and dilly dallying, <laughs> like, what are you doing? We need to well, escape. That's why you bring certain people to those rooms. Right, right. It's a mentality that needs to be adapted to. This line that I'm trying to define, it really comes down to the fairness of it all. If you look back at a game and there is really logic to how to solve the puzzle, it's not painstakingly tedious, like, hey, decipher this page of a book or, hey, look through these pages of a dictionary to find one word that's going to lead to a sentence that's 20 words long, then you're okay. But you have to be honest with yourself. And then, of course, the style of the room comes into play is, is the game master there? Make sure you're having fun. Are they nudging you along if you're on like a wild, wild track that doesn't make any sense to the game because you don't want to waste your time and you always want to give your group a chance to win because the customer loves to win, whether it's because I think they just want the pat on the back or it's just like winning's fun. It releases this euphoria. Losing doesn't do those things mm-hmm. with most people, right? Mm-hmm. Except yeah. I mean, you guys lost your first room and you wanted to play escape rooms and here you are. Yeah. Right. I'm just a weirdo though. So but, but very rarely do I always say, if we're talking about a business perspective, it's so hard to say, congratulations, guys, you lost. <laughs> you lost escape break, the escape room. Come back and play our next room tomorrow. Right. It's just so hard to say that. Yeah. So that's why rightfully so you want to lean your escape room towards entertainment, fun, fun activities that you can do as a group. Mm-hmm. That when puzzle designing is so hard because there's really only so much you can do within theme. You've got to be creative and be outside the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to go back to sensory yeah. puzzles. How, what is your take on scent puzzles and feeling and tactile puzzles? Yeah, I, I think, I think sensory puzzles or isolating or removing senses in games is absolutely great but it has to be done in a way that cannot be misinterpreted so i think the most controversial one is 
smell puzzles. Mm -hmm. Do people like the smell? Is it a pleasant smell? Are the smells differentiable? And is there a way that the smell is commonly known? Right? Like no lemon against lemon lime. <laughs> right? No, no patchouli because I don't know what patchouli is. Yeah. But I always see it on the candles. Do you know what patchouli is? Yeah. What is it? Well, I'm pretty sure it's more of like a woody flower. You're pretty sure though? So you don't even know? Well. Would you put my life? No, I'm patchouli. I being put any. No, but now I really want to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, folks. But, Google this. but our point is developing is that the sense puzzles. It has to be something that's commonly known. It's and a plant. It, is it woody or is it flowery? I'm reading. No, there's no flower. Okay. Well, I lied. There is a flower closely related to mint. It's okay. a bushy perennial herb. Okay. All right. So I'm glad I did not bet your life on that. <laughs> but people people get hurt about scent puzzles. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. I love them, though. I think they're fine. I think the scents are necessary. The senses are necessary to extenuate a game, right? To really make it something cool. But again, does a scent puzzle fit everything? No. Can it? Sure. You just got to be creative. Mm -hmm. Field puzzles, I think, are great because field puzzles can be the evolution of a number reveal, right? It, this game doesn't exist anymore. It was dystopia, but Jim Norcus and I added in a field puzzle to add another puzzle to that game where there are these kind of sewage pipes throughout the swamp zombie game, and you can't see inside. So you have to be brave and stick your hand inside and feel. And what you feel is like an engraved big number. number and that. And then on top of that, the heights of the poles allow you to know what order to put the numbers in. So there was a lot of layering going on, very basic principles. But we mm -hmm. put that together because we wanted to add another puzzle to the game to make it longer. And I played before that happened. And yes. you played before that happened. So Which it was... I love tactiles. It's <laughs> just where you guys put that puzzle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think. It was a good example of, again, basic puzzle elements, but layering. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of good things you can do with sensory puzzles. Uh, in 40 Thieves, you, you do one. But there is a scary animal that hisses. Clearly, you didn't do this. Oh, no, I didn't because I'm afraid of them. <laughs> snakes. We're talking about snakes. Exactly. But if you think about this, this is another great example of how to put a sensory puzzle in the game is fully immersed in the story. It's a simple feel and you'll know what the answer is, but you're scared. Yeah. So I didn't do that. I saw the I saw them. I heard it. I said, can somebody do that, please? And then I walked away and I, <laughs> and I did and, something else. And the level of sound and the type of sound they use and the motions that they use make it seem very real yeah intense that even though you're like i'm in an escape room you're still like should i or should i not yes other senses you could take away would be hearing we talk about the greatest lack of hearing puzzle i've ever done is yes. lab rat yeah is lab rat <laughs> which was great did it make sense in the story not really but it was super fun maybe it kind of did we were getting like tested I think it on it kind of did yeah, because, you know, lab rats have different things that 
they change and alter to see mm-hmm. how certain things affect them. Yeah. And they took away the hearing. They took away the sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really well done. You don't see lack of hearing puzzles really put in a lot because most of the times they don't go through the efforts to like foolproof them. We'll go the other way, even not taking it away, but only focusing on hearing, whether it's trying to distinguish what sound it is or memorizing a certain rhythm or beat that needs to be replayed. And rhythms and beats and music, I think are really great in rooms, but it's all comes down to the tech then. It's like, as long as it's differential, right? Just like with the sense, it's all got to be distinct. Is the tech so nitpicky that you have to recreate the beat exactly or can you be off by a little bit or things like that or as or what you just have different instruments right yeah. completely different instruments or is what you're hearing eventually leading you to morse code which is a cipher mm-hmm. and then it's not that fun right it's just it's all about layering you could like have three roulette wheels and it lands on different elements of what we're talking about and all of a sudden you're like hey go to work make a puzzle so, so if you want a great escape room layer your puzzles layer your puzzles in right? theme in theme yeah okay think of you being an owner Mm -hmm. or being a manager someone that's heavily invested in a room that you just had customers play yeah they give you feedback on something that you just spent yeah a year plus more on yeah tell me how you'd handle it take it because i know as someone that only wants to see escape rooms but then when i see puzzles that have the potential to be a little bit better just Mm -hmm. from a different perspective like i don't want to disrespect them because i know how much work goes into this Mm -hmm. but when you play a game it's completely different than when you build it Mm -hmm. even as being a player and knowing how puzzles work people's minds think are different yeah so give me some you have more experience with this because you were a manager so give me some feedback on that i think it's okay to hear people's feedback, but you don't have to listen to all of it. And what I mean by that is kind of even outside of escape rooms is everyone's going to have their two cents. We live in a world where people feel very entitled to their opinions and like publicizing them, thinking that it's the right thing to do, but not necessarily thinking what's the purpose of this. So you want to listen to feedback that has a why behind it. And that why needs to make sense in logic. So if the people are telling you to change this or add this or remove this just because they didn't have a good time or they were frustrated, that's not necessarily the best reason. But if it's more of a bigger picture thing that you start seeing everybody's not having fun with it, then that's a good reason. So you always want to kind of hear it and take the data point. But the ultimate goal should be the purpose of your escape room in the first place, which is to get customers to love your rooms and want to come back to anything you build moving forward and beyond. And you want to have trusted advisors. I personally am also on the train of down with beta tests because I think if you're building escape rooms and puzzles, you should know what you're building enough to produce something of value. And if you're going to have a beta test, you want like one or two groups that you know are going to give you actual feedback. A lot of times people just throw out beta tests and everybody's trying to, you know, hop on the train and just be like, oh, I want a beta test. I'll give you feedback. No, they won't. They just want a free room. 
So I'm down with beta test, have your kind of inner circle and say, Hey, Tati and Kai and Beth and Kev and Ron are great uh, at escape rooms. They have different opinions and they give good feedback. I want to ask them if they want to beta test because I know it's going to be valuable to my business. Something like that. Usually your inner circle, like the people that you just mentioned are people Mm -hmm. with experience. I also want people that maybe have never played an escape room or maybe have 10 or less on on the, under the belt. So how do you find those people? Because I know recently I saw Crossroads put out for beta testers. For Weeping Witch? Yeah. And I think she said like 600. There were 600 responses. So 600 people want a free game. I guess what I'm asking is how, how do, do you how cover do you all of people? your, yeah. How do you cover all of the the ranges you have you're gonna have different people so so i i just i just don't agree i i don't okay. agree that you need an inexperienced player to give you inexperienced feedback we've played enough games that we know what kind of things would trip up a inexperienced player or a new player that we could play it and say hey for us this was super easy but you got to think for a newcomer they're probably going to get super stuck here Mm-hmm. I think that's totally possible with someone that's insightful enough and experienced enough. And again, the other aspect to beta testers is you're losing out on money as a business. So, and at someone like Crossroads, even though I don't think they've accepted our friend request yet. <gasps> I know this is to you, Madison. I met you once. I have a picture with you, but you haven't accepted our friend request. But someone as experienced as that should know what they're building enough to say, hey, I only need a couple beta testers and then let's get this room rocking because people are going to come and play Crossroads. It's that good. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah, which, by the way, I definitely need clarity on the scare factor of that room (laughs) because it looks freaking scary, just the person that they have as the witch. But I also saw that it could potentially be a four out of ten scary. And I was like, no. (laughs) That sounds like a trap. I'm sure you'll be scared. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, you're going to play <laughs> okay. with me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. You definitely want to make sure you're putting out something good. But the way I view beta tester feedback is more just people trying to get a free game. Okay. I really do. Well, if we ever start one, Kai, we're going to have to meet in the middle here. You got to go through beta tester training or something like that. Because we've had people reach out to us, Beth and I, to, to beta test rooms. And it is an honor to be asked to do so. But it's also then on our shoulders to make sure we get feedback. And the feedback can't just be, oh, my gosh, this was awesome. Like, even if it is, it can be awesome. But like even Eric, like Eric had me play his room and I gave him some feedback on things that I loved and things that I would like to see changed. And I told him why. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. But that's how I think feedback should be is this is why I feel this way. Now think about it and decide if you want to move forward with that. Um, I actually don't like beta testing rooms. Because, because you're missing out on future changes, right? Yes. Yeah. I and I like things when all the like things that need to be worked out and the tweaks that are made I want that to be made when I'm ready to play it I want it to be almost the best version and things are always changing so I'm not going to say the best version so I want it to be almost at its highest potential when I I play it 
and people decide at different times like when to ask for beta so it's it's such a crapshoot anyways i mean this could be an episode of itself it's going to be different every time it's hard it's hard to keep that consistent Mm -hmm. so i'm just going to read through kind of the puzzle types that we have if there's any others you want to talk about let me know and if you're listening and there's other puzzle types you're like i really like this maybe it falls under one of these categories or maybe we missed something but i have logic puzzles I have actual math. Boo. <laughs> rude, rude. <laughs> I have layered puzzles, which is a combination of all these things. We have ciphers, dexterity, memory puzzles, sequences, limiting the senses or sensory puzzles in general, teamwork, number reveals, task based. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but just freaking building an item like, oh, hey, I found the handle to the axe. Oh, I found like the pick of the axe. Let's put it together and smash something, you know, something like that simultaneous actions like the classic here's a metal thing on the wall let's hold hands and make a conductor that kind of thing matching puzzles like you see a picture and there are three flowers in a vase and you find three flowers and you put those in the vase in the actual room and something happens Mm -hmm. and then simple just like recall retrieve or observe like oh there was a number in front of me the whole time yeah (laughs) or oh hey there's something under this uh under this rug which brings me to one final puzzle type which you can call it a puzzle or not that i want your opinion on how do you feel about searching in escape rooms Mm, it depends on how it is presented in the beginning of the room okay okay so if they tell me you don't need to look under the rug you don't need to do the sofa stuff okay fine i will do that that means there are a lot of things in your room you don't want me to look at flip over or potentially break Mm -hmm. i understand that with that mindset i'm going to be more ginger with the way i search okay you don't tell me those things i will look through everything i have potential i have almost broken multiple (laughs) things because people do not tell me and then you hear you don't need to do that well then maybe you should have told me so i'm very thorough in the way i play things I'm the person that even if the room was scanned, I will go back and look at it again because sometimes I actually find things. Yeah. I just look at things a little bit different. I also Mm -hmm. play a little bit slower in the beginning because I like to be very thorough. Yeah. Unless it's going to be one of those crazy puzzle rooms and I will go balls to the wall. However, I don't like it when people put stupid things like batteries for flashlight (laughs) behind the leg of a desk in a corner. (laughs) Oh my gosh, don't do that. That would piss me off. And it would piss me off. Yeah, imagine if you were talking about a real room, right? Hmm. (laughs) I love it when you're so happy. I really do. (laughs) I really do. You're Thankfully, my... I've heard that. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say you're you're my best friend. Ah, so glad I let you finish. You're my best friend, Kat. So yeah, <laughs> searching. I think searching's okay in rooms. It just depends what you're finding, how yes. tedious it is. Yes. Like, but that room, mm-hmm. I have been told, has been completely revamped. They don't do that anymore. And they have other rooms that are way better. So <laughs> I'm glad they changed it. 
Awesome. Awesome. So that concludes our little spiel on puzzles, puzzles, puzzles. But again, if you want to add to the conversation, send us a message on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook at the Cager Express. And if you have new puzzles or new topics you want to talk about, we're always open to hearing those. Or if you just want to say hi, we'll say hi. Back. Hi. <laughs> but we're going to play a small game. <gasps> Last time I was on the contestant side. And, and I, got, I messed it up and so I got, bad. got I got got. <laughs> it was the funniest edit ever because it was oh. so long. What you heard on the last episode was actually quite a bit longer. It was a lot of me just being like, really? Yeah. What? I played this? When? Yeah. And that went on forever, forever. <laughs> so you're welcome. I edited out most of it. But and we're going to play a new game. Sorry, real quick. Just yeah. like behind the curtains. Full disclosure, I feel so bad about that because it is very rare that I host and then I put a game together. So the fact that I freaking messed it up and the part that he kept cutting out, like he edited it out, was just me freaking out like, no way. You had to have played this game. No. And my high-pitched reels of realizing that he hadn't played the game and I felt so bad. Okay, carry on. Okay. To revenge game. It's okay. It's pretty cool that I can have conversations with you about things I've never done. So <laughs> this game is called Initials. And okay. I'm going to give you the initials of an escape room company in Southern mm -hmm. California. And you have to tell me what it is. Okay. I did my best to kind of scavenge room. So I don't think there's any duplicates that can have these initials. Okay. And I'm going to have, there's hints available too. Okay. Okay. So are you ready for your first one? Yeah. All right. Your first initials are Q E G. So Q, think of classroom. I think of quicksand. Those are the only two that are coming to mind. So Q E G. And this is the official name. Okay, so is it Quest Escape Rooms? It is not Quest Escape Rooms, but you said it. Is it Quicksand? It's Quicksand Escape Games is their official uh... name. So I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. That sounds like a petty one. No, 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 no. Technically, it's just Quest Rooms. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. So Quest Rooms would just be cute. <laughs> okay. I love Quicksand. Quicksand Escape Games down here in Pacific Beach, San Diego. Side note, what's your favorite room by them? The Diner. Me too. Yeah. The Diner. I have not played Speakeasy Nouveau or The Family Cabin, which are their newest ones. Semi-new, if you want to call them that. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, there's four. So we're on to number two. Are you ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm giving you a little precursor hint to this because I don't think it's fair otherwise. Okay. This room, no, this company no longer exists. Okay. And the initials are E C. E C. Oh boy. I'm bringing out the hard games. Well, you said doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. E is evil genius, my true love. Just kidding. <laughs> but that would be EG. I know, I know. But that was my, that's where my mind Okay, went. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so that's EC. Fair. Remember, you have hints too. I know. I'll slowly know reveal. How I feel slowly about reveal hints. more about the room. <laughs> okay, let's see. EC. 
doesn't exist. All right, give me a hint. All right. The hint is we played these two rooms together on the same oh, day. Escape Chronicles. Escape Chronicles. Nicely done. Nicely oh. done. All right. Number three is D G. You just throwing me a freebie here. You know Deceptive it? Games. Deceptive Games. <laughs> you know, I thought maybe this might be the easiest one because they always wear their hats and it's like, yeah, their logo is so yeah. memorable. And I haven't even played any of their games. So and in my defense, they seem a little scary. So, well, in your offense, they are. <laughs> Except for Area 51 or 15. But shout out to Deceptive Games, Brandon, Kennedy, Sarah, and Vince. Kevin Burns, too, helps out a little bit there. I don't know. Kevin Burns works for everybody. But anyways, hi, guys. Next, the final one, the hardest one. This is also a room that doesn't exist anymore. Okay. But it's even harder because it got renamed to something else. Oh, my gosh. Wait. You ready? Does, does the rename still exist? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a live and running room. But okay. it's no longer these initials anymore. But the initials formerly were D-R. What the heck? Oh, I know it. Do you? Yeah. Give it to me. Divergent realities? Divergent realities. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. Formerly Divergent Realities, bought by the Unlockables. Now the Unlockables. Totally different games now. Mm -hmm. But it was once called Divergent Realities. Yes. (laughs) Those rooms were really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, Edwin bought them and redid them, made new ones. And now they're one of the top ones in San Diego. Mm -hmm. So... Well done, Tati. That was the game. That was the initials game. First time playing on the show. Guy, I'm so excited for you to visit. Me too. You know what? I'm going to pack socks this time. Oh, that's good. Decided. I decided that today. Don't forget my towel, okay? I have your towel too. (laughs) The last time I visited Tati, I forgot socks. And when I landed, I was like, we need to go to the store because I have no socks other than the ones I wore on this plane. Hey, Kai. Guess what? No, don't say it. I need more time. Uh, break time is just about over. But Tati, what if they want more? They can tune into the next episode. Next episode? Of course. There's so many more escape adventures to share. Well, what can they do between now and then? They can like us on social media. Share this episode? Yes, absolutely. And what if they are new to the show? then I think they should go back and listen to all the great episodes. Awesome. And don't forget to send in your questions to us. And be sure to tune in soon for your next escape break.